following program is intended for mature audiences. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. Let's talk football. Let's talk football. The one constant through all the years, Ray, has been baseball. There's been a lot of complaints already. Bad language, smoking grass. It's 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. Football season is upon us. You done having that staring contest with my dog? Holy crap. <laughs> what was that? What are you looking at? Right? He's chopping on his ball just, over there. Just let me, let me have at this. It's been a couple of weeks since our last episode. We're getting some, some pretty good runs. People seem to listen more when it's every two weeks. Do they? Yes. Okay. So we've, we're, we're, we've got about a dozen or well, we, so we can't, more. We can't do it every two weeks once no, football, football starts. No. That's every week. We're sorry. Be, sorry, folks. That, that, might be a, that might be a summer thing that we could probably think about. Yeah, it's kind of um, nice because we do. I mean, we got things. lucky with the NBA going yes. on late this year. That's but. true. There was actually stuff to talk about. Yeah. Like we could If that wasn't happening. It would have been just a lot of Brewers and Rodgers speculation. Probably could have taken a month off yeah. and it really wouldn't have mattered. But. There is football to discuss uh, on this episode. Obviously, the Packers had some some stuff last week. Oh, I was going to have Michael come on. He wanted to share some Rogers thoughts today. Sorry, Michael, if you're listening. I totally forgot to set that up. Well, we maybe get him next time. We'll talk some Bears stuff. Uh, Brewers are still in first. Um, a couple of big things in the NBA with uh, guys able to start negotiating deals with teams. Bucks. Uh, have been fairly active uh, as well. And, um, oh, God, I was meaning to read up on this Alondo Tucker story, which just from the guts of what I know, it's pretty messed up. Yeah, it's not good. No. Not, not, not good for him. Not good for him. At all. No. Um, for, for, you know, for people who are wondering, well, why is, why is he not back? Well, you'll learn that he maybe is not the best guy to have on your staff. In the future. And he's probably burned his bridge at Wisconsin, I would say, for oh, the yeah. future. Oh, yeah. So we'll we'll touch on that. And I believe Badgers practice started today or it starts soon. I can't remember. Keanu was playing beer league softball on Tuesday night while <laughs> I was umpiring. And he, he was in right field. And there was a blooper right in front of him, and he's dead sprinting in from right. And I'm like, please do not pop something, God, I'm tear sure. something. I guarantee you his coaches didn't know he was playing. Holy shit. It makes me nervous every time I see him out there. That's Oof. like the third or fourth time I've seen him. He loves to play. Well, I'm sure he does, but but I'm like, a lot of money, on, a lot of money on the line. Yeah. Yeah. No kidding. But I think so. he's got a really good chance of getting drafted next year. Yeah. If he has a big year this year, mm-hmm. that's, that's a possibility. Yeah. So... Uh, maybe we'll touch on some college football because the SEC is apparently yeah. set to Jesus. own the world. Yeah. Uh, now I didn't so. even include. There's been so much the last two weeks. I, yeah. I was struggling to remember what to put in the notes, but we got a lot to talk about. Um, let's get started. Obviously, with Packer stuff. Um, the Rogers presser was last week. You asked me if I had 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 heard it. I didn't watch it, but I, I did read the entire. Um, uh, What's that called? I can't even think of the word. Transcript? No. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. I read the entire transcript. I didn't really have an issue or disagree with pretty much anything he had to say. It was very candid. I thought it was very good. And like I was, I don't know whether I was talking with you or who else it was. It's just been very odd since this whole thing has come out at the draft when he was 
pissed off at, at Goody and didn't want to come back to the team. It seems like the pendulum about who is to blame or who's being pissy the most and saying bad things and doing all the wrong things, it has swung back and forth from Rogers to the front office several times. You know, and first of all, you're, okay, obviously you're with you're with Team Packers. Now you're with Team Rogers. Well, we're going to go back to the, well, now we're going to go, like, it's, it's just a whole lot of he said, she said stuff. Um, but I, I don't, I don't really fault the guy, I guess, now well, from, from, the, from the way things stand. I mean, to, to weed through all of the passive-aggressive word salad yep. bullshit that Rodgers likes to That's a good phrase. spew out word there. Word salad. Basically, he just doesn't like the way that players are treated at the end of their tenure with the Packers. That's really, to me, what this boils down to, and... He watched it with several of his teammates. And he named all of them. Yeah, and he named a bunch of them. And he was he's in the midst of experiencing he's, that. He's and he be, doesn't like right. that because he didn't like it when he had to watch it with his buddies. No, now he doesn't want to be part of that group. You know, I, I'm I'm really kind of in the middle on this. I get what he's saying. I get that he wishes that his buddy Jordy got uh, uh some kind of a better send off. Or Charles Woodson, he had to watch him go make another Pro Bowl with somebody else or, you know, whatever it is. But at the same time, it's like, well, yeah, but this, look, we're, we're, this is a business. We're running a team here. We're trying to win a Super Bowl. We can't be paying and keeping around guys just because we like them. And, and they're friends of yours. Now, I as the fan, I don't know that I buy that argument from the Packers because it's like, okay, well, let's say you kept Jordy Nelson that last year and he was going to take a pay cut. I mean, John Kuhn, I heard him say on the radio the other day, Jordy offered to take a pay cut. Um, so let's say you're he's on a one-year deal and you're paying him $3 million, $4 million bucks. What did that prevent? What was that going to prevent you from doing? That would be my only rationale as a fan or supporter of Rodgers where it's like, you know, okay, well, we only want to keep six receivers. Okay, well, but this kid that you kept instead of Jordy, no one even remembers his name because he right. never even saw the field. Like, so what are we talking about? Here? How how much development are you going to hinder from your number five or six guy that you had planned to keep around that you now have to park on the practice squad because you want to keep an aging veteran who just wants to hang around sure. that your quarterback wants on the team? Is it really going to kill you to do that? Right. And that's that's where 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 I kind of don't understand the mentality of Goody because you get a lot of good graces from the players, and I know that that's not necessarily a goal of management to be liked in mm -hmm. quotes. You know, they don't have to like me. My job is to fill the stadium and have the team win games. That's the general manager's job. It's not to be players' buddies. And I don't and I don't even think the Packers are unique in the way they operate in that sense because I think that's just the way football is. It's a it's a it's a brutal quick death whenever a team decides to get rid of you. Yes. It just is. Any day they can call you up there and ship you out. So it, it's I mean, I I get the frustrations from Rogers, but you know suck it up and play. And I think he's I all of this, what's your mindset? What's his mentality going to be? If I was a Packer fan, I wouldn't worry about that at all. I think Aaron Rodgers is like, 
is like a Kobe, is like a Jordan, is like a LeBron. That shit, that outside shit, that, don't, that don't matter. Yep. He's there to do what yep. he does because at the end of the day, he, he don't want to come out and play badly. No. He's got an ego. All these all these stars have egos. So he wants to come out, and he wants to win 13 games again, and he wants to be in the running for MVP just like any other year. I think if he would have thought that this would have been detrimental to his play, then it probably wouldn't have happened. If he knew he could get away with this and focus on himself and show up to training camp when he did, you know, the the, the morning that veterans were supposed to report, come come in without doing any of the OTAs and the mandatory minicamp work and any of that, and still show up and pick right up where he left off, then I then I, I think he was free to do that. Well, right, and it, it, it it's not like he, he didn't show up to camp looking like James Harden did last year where <laughs> it, it looked like he spent the entire summer at the Golden Corral. Like, he's working out. He's in California. He's That's where everybody is. All these pros go out to L.A. God knows who he's doing individual private workout with on some high school field that nobody knows about. I mean, I... Heard he was throwing to some NBA guys. Yeah, well, what, what, yeah, whatever. whatever. You know, I mean, he's throwing. Yes. It doesn't matter if the other guy catches it or not. He's throwing. He's doing his workout. So as a, if I were a Packer fan, I wouldn't worry about the on-field stuff in the least. Now, I would worry about what's going to happen at the end of the season, but we're a long time till till then. Well, I mean... <sighs> I was thinking about this today, and it just seems like the last couple of Packers general managers are so intent on kicking the can down the road to make sure that you're good in a few years without looking necessarily at the team that you have on the field right now and maximizing what you got out of the guys that you do have on the roster. And that's kind of been a staple of Goody and Ted. It's why they don't pay a lot for big-name free agents right out of the gate when there's just a rush of obscene amounts of money thrown at guys, which generally don't work out. The teams that generally win free agency don't win on the field. It doesn't translate to playoff wins and Super Bowl wins most of the time. So they've stayed away from that. But at the same time, you go back to what Roger said, and there's no reason that you can't do some of those things to keep some of these veteran guys on the hook. And really what it boils down to is transparency. Because now that all the cards are on the table, it's going to be like if you want those open lines of communication, your general manager is going to go to your quarterback and say, listen, Jordy's at the end of his contract. Um, we're, we're going to cut him or we can offer him a pay cut, but here's what we're going to do. And we know this, that this is important to you. If he doesn't bite, we're going to have to let him go. I think if those conversations would just be had in just the upfront manner like that, we wouldn't be in the situation that we're in up there, but it just seems so cloak and dagger all the time. And these general managers just want to, I'm not going to say flex their muscles, but you know, they don't treat anything with kid gloves, no matter if you're a, a, a third-year guy or a tenth-year guy. It's just that you're all on the same level. You're a number on the roster that counts this much money against the cap. These are the business decisions that need to be made, and unfortunately, you're not in the, in the future. And that's a cold way to look at it, but like you said, it's a business. Well, and it's a football mentality. It's next man up. Yeah, you're QB1, but if you get hurt, somebody else is QB1. Right. So we, whether you're hurt or we cut you, somebody else is going to fill your spot. It's not like we're not going to play. But I, I think, you know, with the Packers management, and we've talked about this before, I think that 
organizationally, they're they're content with being good. They want to consistently be good. Maybe you catch lightning in a bottle one year like they did in 2010 where it's not a strong year in the conference and or somebody, the one seed gets beat by the six seed and things just blah, 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 and you get lucky and you win a title. I'm, I'm not saying they got lucky, no, but things break your way. Yep. Same thing with the Bucks this year. Things broke their way. They took advantage of the opportunity. But the one of the reasons I don't think the Packers have invested, like you said, in, in any of that kind of free agent stuff is because their contentness with just being good. And want to make sure they're good. And they want to, like you say, kick that can down the road because at the end of the day, <clears throat> the Packers are the smallest market in football. And if they suck for a stretch of time. Nobody wants to come. Nobody's, nobody cares. They're, they're nationally irrelevant. They are the Jaguars of the NFC when they're bad. Now, they're, you're always going to have the local rabid Packer fan base. But nationally and amongst uh, the other players and agents in the league, if you're no good, I, why would I want to send my guy to Green Bay if you're no good? It's it's that's how it was when we were kids in the eighties. That was how it was before Reggie White came there. It it was football Siberia. See now, I'm I'm glad you brought that up because that's just what I was going to bring up. Do you think it could get to the point if there are no more big name stars and the team reverts to having three four win seasons for? Let's just say, for the sake of argument, they don't even have to be four win. They just like let's say they wins. don't let's say they don't make the playoffs four years in a row. Yeah, but that still would tempt some big-name free agents to potentially go there. It would? I don't know. I, th- I mean, I don't think... I, I don't think they don't go there now it's... when they're good. It's not like the Packers... Well, they're I mean, also the Packers, not throwing money at them. True, but it's not like there's a bunch of people knocking on the door saying, I want to play there. Right, but Green Bay's also not knocking on those doors. True. They're, they're, they're not saying, hey, we have an interest. Do you want to come up to Green Bay? I think if anybody were to do that, well, Rodgers and Adams and whoever else you got playing for them, and Aaron Jones would be like... Well, that'd be a team that I wouldn't mind going to play for because there's a chance to win the Super Bowl. So if there's an extended period of time where they don't make the playoffs, they don't have a 500 record, does it revert back to the point where if you're a free agent, you don't even consider going there even if they ask you? Because now you're in now you're in irrelevant zone. Well, with 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 half or more of the league, they'll go there just cuz it's a job. Right. But for the the better players, the difference ones that you want, difference makers. Yes. No, I mean, have 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 they been flocking to the Bengals over the years? No. Have they been flocking to Jacksonville? No. I mean, so Buffalo. I mean, yeah. When you have a Rogers, a Josh Allen, potentially a Trevor Lawrence. A potentially a Joe Burrow, somebody like that. Yeah, they may draw guys, but when they're shitty, well, nobody's going there. No. And that's that was that's kind of what I'm looking at now in the future because the salary cap situation for a lot of teams is going to be a mess after this year. The Packers are going to be in in complete dire straits with all, I mean they've got a couple of guys locked up. Jones is locked up, Bakhtiari's locked up, Love is your quarterback of the future. Adams wants number 1 receiver money which I was having this conversation with Michael and and you guys know more about rosters around the league. Is that a dude that's deserving of being paid the top receiver in football? I think he's a top five receiver. See, that's and uh, that was my thing. It was like top three, top well, five, you know, sure. Whenever but... you say who's, you're always quibbling. It it just depends on what you like and how you like it. But I think he's in the mix. But like I was talking to one of my buddies the other day, 
wide receivers don't matter. They don't matter. It, it's great to have an awesome wide receiver because they're really fun to watch and they put up sweet stats. But, like, when's the last time anybody won a Super Bowl with a superstar wide receiver? I Brady never had one. No. Breeze didn't have it when he won. I mean, Manning had a couple of good players on the Broncos. I mean, and he, I guess he won the one with Marvin Harrison. Marvin Harrison yeah. But that was, what, 2006? So... Where's the team with this super high-priced T.O. Moss-level receiver? They never win a Super Bowl. Why would I tie up that kind of – he's very good. And and my buddy who's a Packer fan, he made the argument. If Rodgers is back, you, you obviously you have to keep him because that's the duo. If Rodgers is not back, I still want to keep him because I want Jordan Love to have somebody to throw to. Right. But, again, if you're – Going to be a five and well, what five and twelve team now because they're right, seventeen seven, games, or a six and eleven team, and you're not a playoff team. Do you want to pay twenty five million dollars a year to your wide receiver? Not really. I mean, it's great that I have a running back that's a dual threat out of the backfield. It's great that I have a left tackle that's hopefully going to be okay when he's coming back from an ACL injury. And you've got like a you know a little core group of guys there. But if you got a wide receiver that can't get the ball and put up a bunch of numbers because you don't have Aaron Rodgers throwing to him anymore. What, well, and, what, what and, good's he doing? And even if he does, even if he still does have a great uh, great season and put up big numbers and score 14 touchdowns, if you're paying him all that money and your defense sucks, who cares? You're getting beat 30 to 23 every week. What difference does it make? Yeah. So that's one they're going to have to weigh. I mean, that's, you know, obviously other than Rodgers, that's kind of a, that's a decision that you'll be able to kind of read the tea leaves going forward the next couple of years. They they traded for Randall Cobb, which that was just a Rodgers thing, and Goody just said, fine, whatever. And that's to me, this is the thing that should have been done all along. It's what we just talked about. If you're really worried about your fifth or sixth receiver being a make-or-break guy for your roster, you probably got bigger problems, you know? So doing this, it's just kind of like, okay, fine, whatever. Well, it was kind of funny because I had read a bunch of stuff that, that the Texans were contemplating highly of just cutting him. Oh, so so I th- I don't know what they gave him like a seventh rounder yeah, or something, but something like I I don't even know. But yeah, total total appeasement move. Um, apparently, there's a connection with this kid they drafted that's the slot receiver, yeah, Amari Rogers. So yeah. I guess you can justify that as part of the move as well. But you know, I mean, Randall Cobb hasn't been good in four years because if he was, he would have never left the Packers. Over, they would have kept him over under games that he plays. I would put at nine or ten, mm-hmm. just because he's always hurt too. Yeah. Well, he's a small guy, man. Yeah. I mean. You know, they're going to put him in the slot. He's going to teach this new Rodgers kid how to do that, you know, some stuff there. And, you know, then maybe both Rodgers and Cobb ride off into the sunset and either go somewhere else or Cobb hangs it up and Rodgers gets paid by somebody else for a year. Mm-hmm. I a- After this year, and it, I was talking to Michael about this too, it's like this whole dramatic thing with the front office and Rodgers, it's kind of taken the wind out of my sails as far as the excitement goes for the season. You know, you're coming off another NFC Championship appearance, come up just short of the Super Bowl, and you're like, okay, you got pretty much everybody coming back. You had a, a decent draft to some guys. Nobody's going to really help you right away. You got you got the new center that you got from Ohio State. That's really going to be the only change. You got a good offensive line. You got a new D coordinator. Like, I want to see what's going to happen. And all this bullshit that's been happening in the last couple of months, 
It's like I should be really pumped for the Packers season, and I'm just not. Well, you're you're pumped for the football part I'm of it. For you're, football. You're, you just don't want to from Monday to Saturday have to hear all the other stuff. No, I just want to get to the game. Well, it reminds me of how I felt going into the NBA season before Giannis signed his extension. I was just like, I don't want to turn the TV on every day and go, oh, Dallas could get him, Golden State could get him, da 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 da. It's like, no, I don't want to hear that. And I'm sure that's that's probably how you and a lot of Packer fans feel with with Rodgers. Like, I just don't. I don't want to go through 17-week season having to dissect every fucking sentence that comes out of this guy's mouth on a Tuesday. Uh, you know, who cares? No, especially when it, when they're play, like playing did one you of the win? worst teams in the league. Right. <laughs> did you, at the end of the day, did you win? Did you have a good game? Did you have a good prep? Did you go out and you beat their brains in? Okay, now we can move on. But then when, you know, Monday or Tuesday comes and those questions get asked again and because they're going to be asked every freaking week and you know they are, this, this, this thing is not going to die all year. Something's going to happen or something's going to be said where it's going to there's going to be an excuse for it to be brought up again and again and again. And it's gonna, it's already been tiresome, it's going to get really tiresome if I can't just concentrate on the football part of it. Yeah. So, all right. Um that's put that I don't want to talk yeah, that was way too much on that, but um talk to me about some bear stuff because I haven't I mean I know Tariq Cohen I, I I read today they're talking weeks instead of days that he's going to be back on the field they got rid of Anthony Miller Foles is the third guy making a bunch of money Carson Wentz just got hurt they're talking about that's an obvious trade destination I don't know anything about what's happening with Dalton and Fields and the quarterback so what what are you what are you reading about Well yeah I mean Cohen's coming off an ACL tear and they they said he's still a couple weeks away which is a little concerning cuz uh I think he tore it basically a year ago. So you would think that he'd be back doing stuff by now. Um, So I'm a little concerned about that. And, you know, these shifty, jump-cutty guys like that, once you blow that knee out, that's... We who knows how you're how effective you're really going to be unless when you you're get Adrian back. Peterson, right? And you're taking some freaking horse steroids or something. <laughs> but um, the Bears did trade Anthony Miller. Um, I think they sent him to the Texans, if I remember right, Sounds for right. for like a bag of socks. Um, they really had been disappointed with him. He had a pretty good rookie year, yeah. And then after that, he's he's been he's been a, a no show in big games, a lot of drops. A lot of stupid mistakes, um, so not not too sad to see him go. I think they got a late round pick uh, for him. In all honesty, um, yeah, the, the you know uh, Wentz breaks his foot out six to ten weeks. Um, Quentin Nelson, the one of the best linemen in football, breaks his foot. So the Colts, basically, two most important guys on offense, are now out for a month and a half to two months with broken feet. So naturally the Foles speculation happens because I think Jacoby Brissett is still with the Colts maybe. I'm not positive. I think he was. Maybe he's not. I think there's, there's a Jacob Eason yes. who was, a, yep. I think, a second-year guy. Um, but the Colts have a good team. So, you know, I've, saw, I've seen some things today, people saying that uh, Phil Rivers should come back. Um, I don't. I don't know about that. He but. already said he's gonna make sure his high his high school coaching job for the season is complete before he even entertains that. Yeah, he's he, no, that's not gonna happen. But um, you know, if if the Bears could unload Foles and some of that money um, on a desperate Colts team, I'm you know fine. I mean, you they you're not out. You're, you're not out anything. You don't have to. 
worry about facing him in anything that's going to matter. I mean, unless you made the Super Bowl, but uh, and they made the Super Bowl, which is, I mean, shit. If that happened, I better get some money from Vegas. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, anytime uh, a backup like Foles, who's had any success, is perceived to be available, they're always going to be thrown out there when a starter gets hurt. Um, Dalton and Fields. <clears throat> It's been, it's been kind of funny. The 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 desperation of Bear fans, um, they were like giving standing ovations to Fields at at practice the last couple of days. He's turning around and handing the ball off. <laughs> I mean, it's it's pretty funny stuff. That's good um, passive aggressive. Yeah, it's it's funny, man. Yeah, I mean, look, I'm a Bear fan, but yep. our quarterbacks are shit. Um, I I still think that it's Dalton's job to lose. I mean, Nagy was asked about it for the 10,000th time I think last week and he didn't he didn't slam the door and deadbolt it that Fields wasn't going to ever play this year but um you know I I I don't think he's ready. I've seen I've seen him make some some throws but again it's I don't I don't really care about any of that stuff. I saw one one clip from training camp practice and so he made a really really good throw. But he stood in the pocket and like tiptoed around for like eight seconds. Mm-hmm. And some one of the Bears guys like subtweeted and said sack. Right. <laughs> Something right. like that. Like that's cool when there's no pass rush. Well, and but- that and that leads into some of the news today. Uh the Bears O line is already banged up. Their top pick, uh Tevin Jenkins, has been out. Yeah. He's got back um, stiffness or soreness or something like that. So uh, one of their other rookies who's a right tackle, I think Larry Broom or Borum, something like that, they're going to try him at left tackle. Um, they've got some other guys on the line that are banged up already. I mean, it's like day two of pads. I mean, come on, dude. <laughs> so that's not great. That's not great if, if you're Dalton because you're not a very mobile guy and you're old and that's a recipe to get your brains beat in, and it's not good for Fields because the last thing you need your rookie quarterback to be doing is running for his life. Yes. Because yep. that, that, I mean, that we've all watched that on too many teams or too many guys whose careers are ruined in the first 10 or 12 games because they just get pounded. So uh, hopefully they can get that uh, shored up by the time the season comes around. And then I had to laugh at this. It's just... It's just so bears. It's just when when you're a, when you're one of these teams, you just shit just happens to you. So Eddie Goldman, one of their better down linemen on defense, uh, opted out last year for COVID. Didn't play the whole year. Um, opted back in this year. Showed up for camp. Second day out with COVID. No way. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't mean to laugh at anybody that gets COVID, but it's like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, you sit out the whole year, you come back for a day, and you get COVID? Really? Unbelievable. I should be laughing. Unbelievable. I didn't see that. But, like, I, I read that, and I thought, only the Bears, dude. Wow. Only the Bears. I read today Robert Quinn, the, the guy that you, they signed for a massive amount of money that only produced two sacks. He's already hurt in camp, and he's sitting out. Well, he's probably sitting out because he probably got hurt watching his sister win freaking medals in the Olympics. I think she won. I think she might have won a gold in one of the hurdles or something. I don't remember, but man, yeah. And wow. they, they they signed some linebacker. Is it Alec Ogletree? Does that sound right? Sounds right. They signed him today, okay. which tells you that they're desperate because he no used kidding. to he used to be on the Bears, and now he's on them again. So. Well, the Packers signed somebody and said, "Well, they, he's they're at eighty nine guys, so they signed this defensive lineman to the ninety man run." Like that, like 
doesn't even matter. You're there for a couple weeks. Yeah. You're a practice dummy. And then and then you're gone. Yeah. I mean, it's like anybody that fills out the roster at that point. I mean, I, you're not making the 53. I honestly haven't paid that much attention to the Bears. I've really only in the last 2 days have been reading much on it, and I won't read much on it until probably week 3 of preseason when we start you know, figuring out, unless and, uh, other than like an injury, right? But trimming the roster down, seeing who's gonna, yeah, be on the depth chart and whatever. Yeah, um, I haven't really, I haven't really checked around the league much. Are you paying attention to to anybody else of what's going on except for the Vikings? Because I know, <laughs> well, I know Zimmer is uh, a little bit hot with uh, with his quarterback club. That's well, Zimmer's pissed. Not yeah, his, all his quarterbacks got COVID. Yep, and Cousins is not vaccinated. I know that, and I think he's. Doing the religious beliefs to not do that, Cute. so so Z- Zimmer's pissed. Um, I like it when he's pissed. By it the is way. pretty funny because he's a good character when he's pissed. Yeah, yeah. Um, I did see yes yesterday. I think it was that um, big time brawl day one at the Giants camp. Uh, those are always those those uh, preseason first couple of hits. <laughs> brawls are always fun. Uh, they don't show them as much as they used to back in the day. It doesn't seem maybe they maybe no. it's, you know they don't they don't like, want to do that. What's but. so? What, I mean, what? Well, it's like somebody came through the hole and a defensive guy hit the running back too hard. So then an old lineman pushed the D guy, oh and then another God. D guy pushed the old lineman guy, and then it's a monkey pile. You know, it's just dudes just punching helmets. Like I'll never understand a football no. player. No, a football <laughs> the, the, fight doesn't. No, make, what, no. like punching helmet. Like I don't. I mean, we've all punched our helmet, but not that. <laughs> Thank you. You for know, that. not that one. <laughs> But uh, no, I mean, other than that, Dak Prescott's dealing with some some. Uh, I think uh, what is it a back issue? Maybe Probably. something that, like that, that. That sounds right. He says his foot is all good, but it's now he's got something else that he's dealing with. So the watch on him and the Cowboys has already begun. You said they they play tomorrow against Pittsburgh. Yeah, they got the they got the Hall of Fame game. I thought that was on the weekend, but it's a third. It's it's the Thursday night game. So yeah, we're getting close, man. I had to buy a fantasy football book the other day at the grocery store. Go. I got the draft coming here in a couple weeks. So yeah, Bucks Bucks are champs. Yeah, Brewers are on a roll. It's kind of time to start thinking about studying up a little football. So yeah, and I'm I'm five real, weeks really excited for football. I really am. All right. Uh, anything else from the NFL? I mean, it's I it's only so. training camp. We're just kind of getting started with things. We can move to the Brewers. They won today. They beat the Pirates four two. Um, and that runs their record to 65 and 44. They were seven and a half up on the Reds after that. Now they're up eight on Cincinnati. And the Twins have been doing uh, us a favor by going into Cincinnati and uh, and beating them in some interleague ball, which is nice. Um, because and are you still holding the belief that it's a double digit game win for the division? Yeah, still holding that. Yeah, well, think, still holding that line. Okay. Yep. yep. All right. I mean, they burst this last week. They took two out of three in Atlanta. I was just happy for that series, mm-hmm. honestly. You, yeah, you go down there and you get two out of three. That's great. And then two out of three again uh, against Pittsburgh. Um, it's been eventful. You know, they they are in the midst of their own COVID outbreak right now yeah, with the like bullpen. their freaking pitching staff. Yep. I don't know what the hell is going on out there. I feel so bad for Axford. You know, Hater Haters on there. A couple yep. other guys. Yelich has been on for a week on the COVID list. Um, Lauer went on it today, so he's oh. going to be out for ten days. I didn't see that. Um, but th- this, I they're they're the Brewers are good. Yeah, I don't know how. I still don't get it. 
they got really good pitching. I get that part, but like it's got some twenty uh, twenty eighteen vibes to it to me, where you, you're getting these four A level scrap heap guys that all year long you've thrown in your lineup, and they've done shit. I mean, early in the year, Daniel Robertson's popping a couple homers, and Jace Peterson was getting a few hits, and um, oh, it's Tyrone Travis, Taylor. Travis Shaw had a nice start to the year. Vogelbach had his moments. Then Taylor's had his moments. Today it was Rowdy Telez with his fifth homer in 11 games, and it's like, what the hell is going? I, I'm just watching these guys, and every one of them going, Eric Kratz, Eric Kratz, Eric Kratz. <laughs> it just reminds me of that season right. where it's like, they're good. They're finding ways to win, which is more than half the battle. But I, I still have this lingering doubt in my mind. Drop. I know, I, I, I get I, it. I, I think they're making the playoffs. As I said, I think they're going to win this division going away. But I'll be really interested to watch them this weekend out in San Francisco. They haven't played the Giants yet. They have the best record in the National League. And, you know, they beat up on the Padres, the Brewers did, but that was early in the year. Was that early. was April, yes. May. Um, now, on one hand, the Brewers weren't playing particularly well, and they still beat the Padres, but, you know. A lot of those teams also got better because of the trade they deadline. They did, and so did the Brewers. Yes, they did. Were, were you happy that they, they were active? Made the, I was. Did a couple I was. things? I, they got Eduardo Escobar from uh, the Diamondbacks, which was, a I thought, a great get. Um, made the all-star team this year. He had been on the Twins uh, people around here might have remember might remember him on there. Dude can pop some home he, runs. He can hit. He's uh he can play a lot of different infield positions for you. Um, I think they ideally in a perfect world they want him to play first. first. But as we saw today, that's going to be a little bit of an adventure. I think he only had one game played there before joining the Brewers. Um, but I he certainly is an addition to the lineup. I would take a Urias, Adamas, Wong, Escobar infield. Yeah, you could do worse than that. Yeah, you know? I, th- I think that'd be okay. You could do worse than that. And and it's just, I look at it and I'm like, Jesus, if Yelich can just give you anything down the stretch here that's even remotely resembling what he was two and three years ago. Prior knee injury. I mean, just anything. This team could, this team has a chance to do some special stuff, but, you know, and then they got a couple of relievers. They got John Curtis from the Marlins, Daniel Norris from the Tigers. Yep. Didn't give up any top prospects in any of these trades. Um, But they're going to have some decisions to make here in the next couple of weeks. Um, Yelich is going to be back in a a couple of days. Um, Vogelback is doing his rehab. He's he's, he's on an assignment. He's on assignment. Travis Shaw is working his way back. He'll be back probably, I would think, within a month. So, you know... I'm not sure. I mean, especially Vogelbach. I mean, obviously, Yelich's spot is secure. But Vogelbach and Shaw, I'm not sure what you do there. Um, you know, do you, do you set one of those guys adrift? Do you try to get him to go down? Um, there is no waiver trade deadline anymore this year. So there's nothing you can do there. Um, so I don't know. There's. It's going to be interesting to see how Stearns um, decides to kind of maneuver the roster here. Because they got a lot of guys and they're running, they're going to run out of spots really quick. Mm-hmm. They picked up Axford for a dollar, which I thought was hilarious. It takes me—we played a trading places clip 
where they talked about their $1 bet with Eddie Murphy and Dan Aykroyd mm-hmm. just right after the after the Axford trade. First action since 2018 in the majors, and he immediately has an elbow injury. Done for the year. Yep. You feel bad, but it's like, how don't you see this coming? Well, he was throwing, I read something that like the other day, in like whatever, whatever, I think he must have been in AAA for the Blue Jays. He was throwing like 98. He's 38 years old. He started the year with their broadcast crew for TV. I thought it was a little strange that he was he's a Canadian dude. He was on the Blue Jay broadcast, as you said. They had him in their AAA system. Why would you trade him for a dollar? Like, I don't. I thought that was weird from Toronto's end. Right. Like, like yeah. the Brewers, Brewers right now were in a little desperation just because of the bodies that they have sitting out. Right, and the Blue Jays, I mean, if, if that guy means that much to your organization, I mean, as far as doing stuff with TV and he's already in the minor leagues and you train, like, that's kind of, isn't that and insulting? He's kind of, and he's kind of a Canadian baseball hero in a way. I mean, he's been on the Canadian team. He's one of the, I think he's one of the better pitchers to ever come out of Canada to have any MLB success. So I just thought it was weird that they just gave him away. Do Brewer fans have a soft spot for him because he's got the single season saves record? I don't know if it, I don't know if that's why. I think they. He no, was no, no. A, I'm, I'm just asking. Period. Because it's like I think that gets overlooked a lot. Like that, you bring that up, and you're like, oh yeah, I guess I do remember something like. You that. You kind of forget team records. Okay. At least I do. I don't really. I, I don't just, like. I don't know. I just hear closers and the saves and all that. And I. I don't know what the RBI record is for the Brewers. But his name doesn't immediately come to mind if you start talking about the great closers and the amount. Of, you know, if you want, you know, big save number guys for Milwaukee. I guess my mind doesn't immediately go to John Axford. Fair. Very fair. I you mean, but, but he was on. But he was the closer on one of the three best teams in Brewer history. I know that. You know. But it's just weird that all of, that. It's. I don't know. Maybe Brewer fans are different than I am, and maybe that's who they do think of. It's just that I that name is not there for me. I don't know. Well, he, it wasn't like he was there for eight years. I think no. he was there for three, maybe. Three, it's kind of like, you know, he had like, he was Turnbow-esque. Yes. You know, Turnbow had the crazy hair. Axford had, I think, like the mullet and the, and the Fu Man going on. Um, they both threw gas. gas. Um, and the teams were good. Yep. You know, people remember that stuff. Um, all right, so that's it for the Brewers. They do they go to San Francisco this weekend or do they here uh, here against the Giants? I know they gotta go there somewhere. Yeah, they're they're here against the Giants, they're at the Cubs next yeah, next, next start week. next week. Yeah. I know I know down the line they are going they are going out to the West yeah. Coast to play the Giants again pretty quickly. So they'll see San Francisco twice here in I think a couple week uh, a couple weeks time. Um and just before the trade deadline, I mean the Cubs Part of me feels bad. Like Liz had a commentary. I think it was. Yeah, it was the first commentary of hers I didn't like. <laughs> I kind of feel that way, though, because I have a lot of friends, good friends that are Cubs fans. And even though I don't like the Cubs and I generally don't like Cubs fans as a whole, I mean, that's gut wrenching for them because they've yeah. waited so long to get that. Gr- look, it's. <laughs> I saw that on my phone when we were golfing. And I laughed, and then I went in the clubhouse afterwards to have, to have dinner, and Jack Hope came up to me, big Cub fan, and he was all sad, and I laughed. And, <laughs> oh, it was great. It was great. I was really, really surprised they traded Rizzo. I knew Bryant was gone. Um, well, is, is 
was it is there validity to the to the rumor that they offered him 80 million dollars that morning and he turned it, turned it down by the end of the day he was gone? I don't know what I don't know about that. Okay. I know that their general manager came out and said all of those guys were offered deals to stay. They all turned them down. I don't so, know what you look, want him to do after that. You know, I was just surprised the amount of like I figured maybe they'd offload. Well, a that's couple what I'm saying. I, d- I didn't think it was everybody. I didn't think they'd trade Rizzo because he's such a fan favorite. Yes, and he's and he's been he's such a good dude general. in the community. Yes, that's that's right. his team. Um, so I was surprised to see him go. Brian, I had Brian's been rumored to go for three years. Baez, I thought they were going to try get and sign him too. Yeah, but I, I organizationally, I could see getting tired of Baez's act. Good player, but you're not that good. You're not Trout, Otani, Harper. You're, you're you know, Tatis, okay. Vlad Guerrero. You're below those guys. Right. Uh, but you think you're Tier on one. the top, yeah. and you probably want to be paid that way. So I, I get that one. But, yeah, I mean, I, I think a lot of people thought this was maybe going to happen last winter when they got rid of all their pitching, that they were going to kind of try to do a rebuild. Um, I think the fact that they started off so well, I mean, they were leading the division when they came to Milwaukee, what, in maybe early June, something like that. And since then, Bad. they've been a disaster, and that, that made it much easier for uh, for them to trade those guys. But, yeah, man, I laughed. <laughs> I laughed. I laughed just like when Yadier Molina took that one off the sack that well, one time. That's... I laughed at that. I, 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 I can I don't laugh care. At... It's, it's the Cubs and the Cardinals, man. Piss off. I can laugh at that. That's, I don't care about fine. you guys. You don't care about us. It's true. That's true. You call our stadium a minor league stadium. It's probably too much empathy I, I, on my part. I don't care about you Cub yeah. fans. Cry yourself a river in, I, your, in your terrible Budweiser. Just the, <laughs> just the enormity of it was very shocking to me. Like, you saw name after name, and you're, and you're like, okay, wow. Okay, wow. Holy shit. Whoa, that guy too. Like the dominoes just kept falling. I'm like, who else is gonna be, you know? Yeah. It it was very, very shocking to me. That's all I I just didn't think they they would pull the trigger on everybody that they wound up that they wound well, and up. The Yankees got, and the Yankees got Gallo also yes. um along with Rizzo. So yeah, some teams were making moves. Um the and, Dodgers, of course. But, but the Padres were set to do that and like, huh? Not so fast. We're going to go a little bit north to L.A. instead. Yeah. <laughs> Make it just, Scherzer. And, yeah. and then I saw today they signed Cole, Cole Hamels, Hamels. Yep. which I don't know if he's got anything left. but It's a name. It's a veteran. You know, and I know the Brewers were in on Scherzer, uh, but he had kind of made it pretty clear that he wanted to go out west. And David Stearns even said uh, after the trade deadline that there were some guys that they were in on, but he said our geographic location was a hindrance. So, it could have been alluding to Scherzer. I wouldn't be surprised if they sniffed around Rizzo. I mean, why, why wouldn't you? That would be. So I mean, if it, you need a first baseman, yeah. and if that dude's available, but the Cubs, you know, the Cubs can't trade their best guy to the Brewers. No, I mean that that'd be like trading Rogers to the Bears. Like you, just blasphemy. Yeah, people lose their shit. So. <laughs> All right, so uh, Giants, and then at the Cubs for a big four gamer. Uh, starting next week, and then we'll see where. And they that's go one of there. those ones where they'll go there and get beat right three, three out, out of four. four. And you're like, what? The fuck? I understand that, but like it's like Ian Happ's hitting dongs, and it's funny seeing seeing the roster now, and like 
Cubs fans, it's like the guys at the beginning of Major League when they when they print out the roster of the Indians. Who are these fucking guys? There's two or three potential all-stars <laughs> here. But they they print the lineup card out, and some of the, get, like, my Cub fan friends are retweeting the lineup, and it's like, what? Yeah. Like, yeah, you know who that is? That's the Brewers on rest day. Yeah. Or like, what? That's what you're doing? Well, that's your team now. And then they win. That's your everyday yeah. team. Well, that's right. All right, let's go to the NBA. Uh, they just held the draft. Bucks uh, gave away their their first round pick, traded that away to, uh, to to the Pacers. I don't know. I mean, who are these dudes that well, you have down here? Everything the Bucks have done and are going to continue to do this off season is basically it's, it's money management. Okay, um, that's why they traded the thirty first pick. They got fifty four and sixty from Indiana. Um, I think the thirty first pick is a is a partial guarantee. So and that and that trickles down as you get closer to the end of the draft. So um at fifty four they got Sandro his name, his last name, it's Mamu Mamu Kulishvili, I believe is how you say it. Wow. Good player. Played four year player at Seton Hall, big East player of the year last year, six nine, six ten guy, can step out and shoot the ball. I like that pick at at fifty four. Um uh, I, I don't think he will, will play, but it's another uh, big body that can stretch the floor um, to kind of, in a pinch, you know, kind of play behind Portis, Lopez, and, and uh, Giannis. Um, the second guy, Giorgios Kalitzakis, some 18-year-old kid from Greece. I think they just got him for somebody for Thanasis to hang out with on the bench. That's what I think. <laughs> I think this is just a make good. Like, listen, dude, you didn't get to go to the parade. We're going to get you a friend. You didn't get to go to game six because of COVID. We're going to get you a bench, buddy. You guys can just talk to each other the whole time. Oh, my God, that's awesome. Um, But, yeah, I mean, the draft, pretty nondescript. I mean, anymore, unless you're a hardcore college basketball fan, you don't know anybody anymore. I I, I didn't. I recognize maybe three or four Yeah, I mean, I watch enough to know who they are, but I don't know their games. So, I mean, I just kind of was like, oh, okay, well, that team took a shooting guard. Okay, well, that team took a forward. Um, but, yeah, other, other than the Buck stuff, just there's not much to say. Portis opted out. Did you have any concern that he wasn't coming back? I mean, it was – I mean, the player option was, I think, for, what, like 2.9, something like that, or maybe it was 3.9. I can't remember what it was when he said no, and then he comes back for two years for 9 mil. I was shocked. Really? I was shocked. I thought that he did last year what you want guys to do that say, I want to win. He took less. He took less to come play for the Bucs. He went from being a starter to a bench guy, did his role, won a title. I'm, if, if I was thinking, he's got to be thinking, now I'm going to go get paid. Um, that's kind of what, when he turned down that player option. That's usually what happens. Right. Especially, yeah, you turn down that option. Um so I was really surprised that he came back. I was shocked at the number. I mean, two years, $9 million, um, that is a freaking bargain for a 26-year-old guy who is one of the best six men in the league and was your fourth-best guy in a clinching game in the finals. So um, And the, to, to boot, the fans love him. Yeah, and I, and I think that... And his teammates I think to him. Buck fans' credit, I think that was a factor not saying it was the factor, but I think it was a factor. I think how he was received and how much the fans took to him and appreciated how hard he played and the way he played and what he brought to the team. And I think 
they want to run it back. You know, um, they're going to be bringing back seven of their top eight guys, and we'll we'll get to uh, well we can get to it now. Yeah, that's fine. Um, PJ Tucker signed with Miami, two that was, years, fifteen million. That's a lot of money. Now, I had seen prior to free agency that the Bucks were prepared to offer him two years, twenty million. I didn't believe that. I thought that was too much, ten million a year for a guy that really can't score anymore. Um, a lot, a lot of Buck fans were upset by him leaving, um, calling the owners cheap and horse, you know, like they just won the title two weeks ago and now they're bitching about these people, which is just unbelievable. But the way the, the salary cap and the luxury tax work in the NBA, the, the NBA has a soft cap and then they have the luxury tax. And if you go over the luxury tax, there's tiers, and depending on how much you go over the luxury tax, you can pay anywhere from like a dollar fifty to three dollars and fifty cents for every dollar you're over the tax. Got it. So I don't know the exact numbers of where the bucks sit, but I read something that said if they had signed Tucker to a two year fifteen million dollar deal, it would have basically been like a two year forty million dollar deal with all the tax. Got it. So that's why he's not back. Um, he went on Instagram or whatever, and, and you could tell, I think he was surprised that they didn't bring him back. I think he wanted to come back, but you know, when you're paying three dudes in Giannis Middleton and holiday, a hundred million dollars, and then you throw Lopez's 12 million in there, there's not a lot of room to maneuver. And you know, somebody was going to go. And if it was between PJ Tucker and Bobby Portis, probably made the right, call. he made the right call. And, and for me, I always thought he was a rental when they got him last year. Um, and I think the Bucks did too. And I, I think good on them for not allowing them winning the title to make that kind of a mistake because it, it's not a ton of money on its face, but for what you got to pay on the back end, and then you get into the repeater tax where you pay more every year you're over the tax. And as long as Giannis is a buck, they're going to be in the luxury tax. So... It, you know, fans can roll their eyes and say these guys make all this money and they should spend, 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 spend. Well, again, though, like with the Packer thing, they're still running a business. They still have bottom lines that they got to meet, and uh, I'm okay with it. They they got Rodney Hood, um, George Hill, and Semi Ojale on one year deals. I'm not thrilled to have George Hill back. I think he's washed. Um, Rodney Hood, uh, kind of a. a Shooting guard, small forward, swing guy can can provide some minutes behind maybe Middleton. He's a he's a decent shooter, but you know, ninth tenth guy and Semi Ojale. Uh, he's a young guy. Had been on the Celtics the last couple of years, uh, kind of like a PJ Tucker light. Is kind of where they're okay. looking there. And um, Bryn Forbes went back Saw to that. San Antonio, which I think we talked about last time. I'm not too concerned about. I think Jordan Wara will fill that role. Um, the Bucks still need another guard. Um, I'm not sure exactly because Teague won't be back, and Divincenzo's uh, hurt. Divincenzo, but even with Dante, really, you've got Holiday, Dante, and Connaughton right now are your guards, and and maybe Nuora. He's kind of a swing guy, but I still think they would they need a backup point guard. Um. So uh, keep your eye on okay. on that. So um, the Bulls have been doing stuff. They got Lonzo Ball, 
And then they did a sign-and-trade deal with the Spurs for uh, DeMar DeRozan. So now you've got Ball, DeRozan, um, who is the dude Levine, from, 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 from the Magic? Vucevic. Vucevic. And, and, and Levine. And Levine. That's, a, that's not a bad four, you know, to really build a core of a team around. It's intriguing. Okay. Um, in a league now that is predicated on the three-point ball, they gave $170 million to two good dudes that don't shoot it very well. That was my first impulse when I saw it. But um, they've been bad for about five years. Uh, they want to make the playoffs. Zach Levine's contract is up at the end of this upcoming season, so they kind of got to say, you know, if they want him to stay, you kind of got to show them that we're willing to do something here. And, um, I, you know, I think that should be a playoff team, maybe somewhere in that six to eight seed range. But, you know, I texted John Wixom, a huge Bulls fan, after that happened, and he just said, I just wonder if they're better than the 96 Bulls. So, <laughs> tongue-in-cheek, of course. Yes, I would hope so. But, yeah, I mean, there were some, there were some funny – Signings. Uh, the Cavs gave Jared Allen five years, a hundred million dollars. Um, I don't know why. Um, decent young center, but if you watch the playoffs, you can kind of get a lot of guys that do what he does, and you're going to pay him twenty million dollars a year to be on a shitty team for five years. Uh, I thought that was a little bit of a desperate move. Um, Golden State extended Curry. Uh, four years, about two hundred and twenty million. He's now the only guy ever to get multiple two hundred million dollar deals. I saw that this morning. Um, so then, I mean, he, you know, he's going to be I don't know what is he about 31, thirty one. He's going to be mid to late thirties, making over fifty a year. The ones that stuck out to me were what the Lakers did. I mean, they traded for Russell Westbrook and then they signed Carmelo and Dwight Howard. I mean, this team in twenty eleven would have been ridiculous. So I had this conversation with the with the big NBA guy at the radio station early this morning, and it's just from stuff that I took on Twitter that I've just noticed in observations. It's why teams want to sign these big name dudes, aside Westbrook aside, that haven't really won anywhere that they've gone. So Carmelo, yeah, he's tenth on the all time scoring list. Dwight Howard's a name, but. They haven't really been successful generally in most of their stops, and now they're just names. And he and his opinion was now this puts to bed the LeBron versus Jordan conversation because you didn't see Michael trying to recruit dudes like this. Like LeBron needs all this help to go try and win a title out in California where Jordan was like, I'll just win with whoever's on the team. You know, and that's that was his opinion. I don't know that that's just me as a non basketball dude looking like, well, these guys haven't really won anything. Well, Howard was on the Lakers last year, but he, but yeah. he's a backup now, right? You know, he backed up uh, on the Lakers two years ago. He backed up Joel Embiid on Philly this year. He's going to back up uh, Anthony Davis again on the Lakers. So he's just he's just a body that happens to be Dwight Howard. Um, the Carmelo thing, I think him and LeBron have wanted to play together for a long time. And this is just kind of a swan song. And Hey, if I can latch on to, uh, and, and steal a ring at the end of my career. Great. Um, I think it a hundred percent proves that 
LeBron James is the general manager of the Los Angeles Lakers. Carmelo have a ring? No. Did he win with anybody? Nope. Okay. He's only been to one conference final, and it was 2009. Oh, um, okay. So... Does I don't the, know. I mean, does the Westbrook thing do a lot? Well, the Westbrook Westbrook acquisition allows LeBron to rest in the regular season because Westbrook's a maniac and he plays a thousand miles an hour every game, plays every game for the most part. Triple so, doubles every game. Yeah. So when LeBron wants to take a week off, they can just let Russell Westbrook do his thing and still be a pretty good team, uh, especially if you've got Anthony Davis out there with him. Uh, but. You know, it's just, it it looks great on paper, but Carmelo's 36, 37, LeBron's 37, um, Howard's 35, Westbrook's in his mid, you know, I think he's like 33. So these dudes, we'll see if they can make it through an entire season and an entire playoffs and then throw Anthony Davis as fragile as he is in there. I don't know. I, okay. I I think they're. I think Vegas has them as the favorites in the West, which isn't too surprising because names. But um, we'll see. Okay, we'll see. Go ahead and go through the um, other couple. Miami got Miami did a sign and trade with Toronto. And they got themselves Kyle Lowry, gave him a three year ninety million dollar contract. Which man, these these mid thirties point guards making thirty million a year. Wow. I mean Isaiah Thomas is in, in Maurice Cheeks and. Dennis Johnson and these guys from the 80s, I mean, holy shit, they're probably looking at this going unbelievable. Um, they also extended Jimmy Butler, four years, $185 million. I saw this one, and I was just like, why? They just signed him last year in the bubble was his first year with Miami. So two years in, he's already up for he can already renegotiate, and they gave him $185 million. I, I like Jimmy Butler. He's a good player. He's a culture guy, I guess, but... He's another guy that gets hurt all the time, and he's now into his thirties. And he's got—he's one—he's an old thirties. Like he's got a lot of miles on him from those Bulls teams with Thibodeau. That's forty-five, forty-six million dollars a year. Yeah, yeah. So that's a lot. for for the nineteenth best guy in the league, and seventeenth best. I mean, and a team that just got swept in the first yeah, round of yeah. the playoffs. So um, All right. uh, I don't know, and then Chris Paul resigns with Phoenix four years, one hundred and twenty. He's going to be a forty year old. Just going to say he's, he's going to be a, he's going to be a forty year old point guard making forty million bucks. So well, good luck. Okay, good luck. And summer league's already starting. Yeah, there was some that one of there's like I think the one in Utah, either Utah or Orlando. There's one right now, but the big one in Vegas, Vegas. I think, is in a week or two weeks. And that, so. that only lasts for a couple of weeks, it's right? Like, it's like two or three weeks long. So, okay, yeah. I, yeah. I, I, I always I've always wanted to go to that, but <laughs> it's funny. I was one of my buddies were talking about it, and I'm like, yeah, I'm like, I really want to go to summer league sometime, but I want to wait till the Bucks are shitty because I'd like them to have a high pick. If I'm going to go out, I'd like to right. watch that guy. watch that guy. And he's like, they just won the title, and you're already waiting for them to get shitty. I'm like, well, they're going to get shitty at some point. At some point. Hopefully not soon, but you've got a you five year moratorium about complaining about how bad they are, according to Bill Simmons. So that's oh yeah, you're, you're going to have to wait a while. And then, uh, last but not least, kind of a, a a cool thing, Sam Decker's back in the league. Oh, that's right, Raptors. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So, so, uh, so he's played the last two years overseas. He spent the last year in Turkey. He was in Turkey, but and I think before that he was in Russia. So yeah, he's bounced around a little bit, but you know, good uh, for him. Good, good for him. It, it's. It can be tough. And he was injured quite a bit when he came into the league. He was injured, and he didn't shoot it well. Okay. 
Um, it's hard when you get pushed out as a young guy to get back in. It's, you know, especially when you're kind of over, over an obscurity and, you know, everybody's got their scouts, their international scouts, but a lot of times they're not necessarily looking at the American guy over there. They're looking at the 19 year old phenom, you know, Latvian seven footer. So yeah, I'm happy for Decker. Um, Going kind of, and I think it's a good situation for him. It's a team in Toronto that's rebuilding a little bit, so you know, it'd be nice get get him a little bit of run. Okay, well, before we get to to Bucky football, since we're talking about Decker and and former Badger basketballers, you have read this Alondo Tucker story, I would assume. Yeah. Um the the what I basically took from it in headlines in the first paragraphs that I read, I, I've been meaning to do this the last couple of days, and I've, I've seen the, the tweets and the retweets, and I just haven't clicked the link. But basically, from what I gathered was, Tucker wanted to be the coach of the Badgers and thought he could do a better job than Greg Gard, so he was working to undermine him. Is that basically More or less, the yeah. crux of it? More or less, yeah. And this this obviously goes back to earlier in the summer when the anonymous tape was sent to the state journal yep. from the, the team from meeting. the team meeting with the coaches and the seniors. Where the seniors said, "You don't give a shit about us." Right. So Jeff Patrikas of the Journal Sentinel came out with this article the other day, and I'm not a huge Jeff Patrikas fan because I think because I think he's a Badger shill. Yep. So, but I, I also don't think he has any ulterior motives with with the writing of this article. And I heard him in an interview, and he said, he's like, I barely know Alondo Tucker. I didn't cover the Badger basketball team when he was here. I've talked to him a few times in passing, but that's it. I don't have any preconceived notions of this guy. Basically, what happened was he be, he came out of the staff when Howard Moore had that bad accident. He was in, like, the student admin office or something doing whatever an, a former great alumni would do. And Howard Moore apparently got him that gig. So when that happened, guard went to Tucker and asked him if he wanted to join the staff. And he said, sure. So two years ago, the year before the year that they didn't have the NCAA tournament. So two seasons ago, Badgers went through that rough, real rough stretch. And then remember they won the last eight games and they won the big 10. Right. Right before they lo- they went on that eight-game run, apparently, Alondo Tucker went to Barry. Oh, really? Directly. And told Barry Alvarez that he should fire guard and insert him as the head coach. He was ready to go. He had the support of the kids on the team. And Barry basically said, yeah, we're not doing here. that. Go away. Wow. Now, now that on its face is... Laughable. Incredible and laughable because the dude had no coaching experience. Like, you can't just play basketball and then all of a sudden you're a Big Ten basketball coach. Like, that's not how it works. Like, you have to train as a coach. Yeah, and, 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 and learn some about form, recruiting all and that assign stuff. your coach's duties and all For that. For sure. It's not just showing up, diagramming plays in practice and... So leading yes. the team on the court. Okay. So that happens. Wow. And then there is some stuff that was said where I think it was a Leem Ford said, I don't even, he, he told guard and the coaches, I don't even listen to you guys anymore. Well, that's because Tucker was going around to some of these guys telling them, don't listen to that. I played in the NBA. Listen to me. 
So the so the kids were being instructed by him to ignore guard and Krabinoft and and whoever and to just listen to Tucker because, because he's got NBA because experience. he knows. Okay. Then the kicker for me, this is just this may this is the one part that really I think makes UW look bad. So Barry announces he's going to resign, and they're going to have the search for the new AD. And there was the woman from Minnesota, and there was McIntosh, and there was... Um, Somebody from Ball State. There was a guy like from Ball State, and there was another guy from Northern Illinois. And Tucker, because it's Madison, they put Tucker on the committee... The search committee. ...to help search for an AD. So Tucker has a relationship with this guy at Northern Illinois who... He wants to become the new AD so he because can name him the basketball he thinks coach. that guy will come in and fire guard oh, and name him the coach. Man. And, you know, I, I don't follow Northern Illinois athletics, but somebody that I talked to that is kind of a college nerd says, yeah, since that guy took over at Northern Illinois, they've completely gone in the tank. But be that as it may, so Tucker is trying to maneuver the AD so he can get the basketball job, and it's like, who do you think you are? Like, I, I, I like that's straight up delusion. And then, um, you know, and then his job, you know, because he was an interim coach, his job came up, and they decided to go a different way. Yeah, and they think. think that's when the tapes were released. Um, Tucker came out on social media, and of course, denied everything today. Um, but yeah, he, you know, and, and like Ted Davis. I heard him on the radio talking about it. He said, well, he's done in Madison for sure. Oh, God, yes. He's done in college for a long time, and he'll never coach in the NBA. He said, you cannot be a disloyal assistant coach in the NBA. It just doesn't work. And and like you said, I think there's probably more to know off the floor as a college coach than the NBA. The NBA, you can really just focus on the game and right. the guys on your team. Where everybody you know, else, college, you got to make yet. sure everybody's eligible, yep. and you got to make sure somebody didn't knock their girlfriend up, and you got to recruit, and you got to schedule, get all that shit. But yeah, I, he's good. He's persona non grata in Madison Whoa. for the foreseeable future. I seen some people that said they should, you know, basically, you know, scratch him out of the annals of Badger right. basketball, and it's like, well, that's not going to happen, but. You know, and the weird thing is, is like, Joe Kravinoff was his teammate. And now he's on the coaching he's staff. coaching with him. And you're going, you're basically, because if you fire guard, you're not keeping the assistants because nope. they're loyal to guard. Correct. So if you fire guard, you're firing Kravinoff too? Like, that—that's a that is a really, really big betrayal that's, on Tucker's part. Yes. I mean, whether... I mean, whether two of those three things or one of those three things are true, doesn't matter. You're a super villain now. Oh yeah, yeah. Like that. That that's now your label. Like if you undermine your superiors and who, basically lead, try to lead a mutiny. But who hires amongst you? The players who hires you now? Who, who? Somebody will be dumb enough to hire them. Somebody that you're Somebody friends will. with. That's it. But even that, if I don't know you, guard recruited you, right? You played for Bowl. He was sitting on the bench, and that's what you do to those guys. Who yeah. are you gonna? What are you gonna do to a guy that you have no? They gave you the opportunity with? to be on the staff. I mean, that's just—it's unbelievable. The balls. 
yes. it takes to do that. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for summing that up. That's unbelievable. All right. Um, uh, quickly, college football. Um, I know Badgers are supposed to be supposed to be ranked. I'm kind of curious to see how uh, how this backup running back is that they got from Clemson. I think his name's Chaz Malusi or whatever his name is, and uh, and how he does with um, with Berger. Um, you know, I, again, there's questions who's who's going to be catching the ball other than. Ferguson at tight end. That's been I'm, the question in Madison a lot of years. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they basically reloaded on defense at linebacker. Defensive line looks okay. Not sure about the secondary. Um, I know they got some guys to replace there. Uh, but I'm 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 really curious to see. Uh one publication I think had Bucky running the table um and and, and taking the West. I haven't uh, looked as, at their schedule. I'm not usual. who are their do you the, know their well, crossover games or I don't, but they lead it off with Penn State yeah. in a couple of weeks. Yep. Um Opening I know day. you know then there's the Notre Dame game after Eastern Michigan, um that, that Irish game's down at Soldier Field. Um and I th- and I think they also play Army, I believe. Those those are their non conference games, huh. those those three. Um but no, I, I they people said they don't have Wisconsin losing. Um I don't know if they Which have, means they're sure to lose Four games. <laughs> Anytime the Badgers are picked to be really good, they're never good. I'm excited to see what, what Wisconsin does. Well, it's all about Mertz. Of course. At the end of the day. I mean, their defense is going to be typically solid. Yep. They got a good scheme and good coaching. Their line will be good. Generally, Their running backs should be all right. Yep. But, yeah, it boils down to Mertz. You know, you can't you can't go on the road and throw three picks. And a fumble. What? Um, just changing gears before we we kind of put a bow on this episode. What? What have you thought about this whole SEC, Oklahoma, and um, uh, Texas move over there? And now the Big Twelve is basically trying to discredit them. And then they threw that cease and desist order at ESPN, saying that ESPN has yeah. tried to blow up their conference, which like, I totally believe. You, you do? Oh yeah. Hundred percent. Bob Bowlesby just has always, to me, when I see him in a story, he seems like a clown. And who is that? The he's the Big Twelve commissioner. Okay. Well, he might be, but I believe that ESPN would love Texas and Oklahoma to be in the SEC. That's. I mean, I believe that, but I, I'm not sure that you get a, a a network going to the universities and being like, "Hey, why don't you put in and go over here, and that'll make you guys." Uh, more money and give you more opportunities, and it'll also be good for us. I just don't. I just have a hard time seeing that. I don't at all. Okay, now, you're talking billions of dollars. I right? understand that. Yeah, I, I, I get I, it. I totally believe that, but I hate it. I, I'm a I'm a traditionalist when it comes to this stuff. Sure. I hate, um, I hate all the conference swapping and moving around, yep. and you've got teams that are playing in conferences and they're not even in the region where the rest of the teams are. I didn't like when the Big Ten added Maryland and Nebraska, Rutgers yep. and Nebraska. I mean, Nebraska really. It's fine. It's fine because it's Midwest, but I'd rather they were playing Oklahoma, Texas, and Kansas than playing Northwestern, Illinois, and Minnesota. We grew up with. For sure. Um, but the Big 12 to me has always seemed like the conference that has been behind and not very respected because when they lost a couple of members, they refused to do a Big 12 title game. They were that one conference that was left out. And then when all the rankings came out, they were, you know, somebody had dropped down one or two because they didn't play in a conference championship. And then they got left out. And then when their teams did go, they got their brains beat in by some, you know, some of the big ones. They don't play defense. They put up a lot of points. And it just seems like they dig their heels in forever. Everything and say, 
we're not gonna do that or you know stuff like that and now for this to have happened it, it doesn't surprise me that oklahoma and texas were like we're done with this shit show we're going over here we can make more money over here it'll be a, bit, a little bit more competitive well and it'll and, help with the recruiting because yeah. i think that um you know baylor texas tech Kansas, Kansas State, Iowa State, Iowa. Like they're not football schools. I mean, they've had their moments where they've had a good team here or there, but traditionally they're not football schools. And I think that those two fashion themselves with Notre Dame, Alabama, uh, Ohio State. You know, historically, and I'm sure that they figure well if 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 we've got Alabama, Auburn, and LSU on our schedule as opposed to Iowa State, Kansas, and and Kansas State, that's a big difference for for a kid to want to play there. And immediately Texas A&M is the school that cries about it because they they jump to get right. rid of and separate themselves from that. And now they're like, oh great, we're back here. And- but there's just some like you know Rutgers and Maryland in the Big Ten, dumb. Missouri in the SEC, dumb. Vanderbilt. Well, Vanderbilt at least regionally makes sense. Well, fine, but I mean, but they they, they don't they don't they don't competitively belong there. No. I mean, once in a while their basketball teams all right, but you know, so some of that stuff. I think there's a couple Pac-12 teams that are more you know like Colorado. That's not really the Pacific. That's more Midwest than anything. Well, I but, saw a headline today that they're they're trying to do a partnership now with the Big 12 mm-hmm. and the Pac-12, and I don't know how exactly that's going to work because the Big 12 is now basically going to be, you know, the the you know the run to the litter well, the, if, if it hasn't been already. With the way that, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how this name, image, and likeness thing bears out here the next couple of years because the NCAA every day now is losing – their grips, their grasp of power, mm-hmm. and how far are we from some of these teams seceding from the NCAA or forming these super conferences? You know, is Ohio State going to stay in the Big Ten because they've always been in the Big Ten, or are they going to look around the country in eight years and go, "Wait a minute, why the fuck are we playing Illinois?" We could go. We could have a. We could just make our own schedule and join this other league with Alabama, Auburn, Florida, Florida State. My, you know, whatever. Um, I, I hope it doesn't go that way Me because too. it will effectively ruin everything. Yes. And you know, it's already football's already screwed up all of the other sports anyway with all this jockeying around by wrecking these conferences. Um, that's why you have an all. Catholic basketball Big East, you know, and half those teams shouldn't be in power conferences that were Big East. You know, Syracuse, why are you in the ACC? You and Miami, upstate New York and Miami are in the same conference. Why? Makes no sense because you both are in a state that touches the same ocean. Well, that's a big ass (laughs) ocean, folks. Come on. (laughs) Keep it simple, man. I just, and I think most sports fans, we want it simple, and we want it to stay the same. Yeah. Yes, I really do. I think the only people that don't care are kids. They don't care. No, young kids don't care. I don't think they care about anything. Um, I don't have anything else. Uh, I know that um, no, 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 like Harry Potter best of list or no. I don't. I've <laughs> you know what on vacation I actually looked at your 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 Marvel list again, and I know I got to get in on that um, because. I I've, I watched 
I finally finished Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Okay. Um, I got to do WandaVision now, and then I got to start Loki. Um, did you say you watched? I watched Loki, Loki yeah. And, and and you said that that was pretty good. Because... Yeah, it was, it was all right. Okay, it was all right. I didn't love it, but I didn't. It wasn't. It wasn't bad, but I didn't love it. Now, I'm a little skeptical on the WandaVision one. I think that might get. Skipped. I I just saw. I just neither one of those characters are very interesting to me. No, and I didn't think so either. But I think the dynamic of of of, of the show and those two characters, and then how it how it progresses, kind of leads into some more things about. I know, but what like, we're gonna get into. But the way the Marvel were like, I never. Never watched Captain Marvel before I watched Endgame or Infinity right. War, and, and Black Widow comes out before all. We much. already know she's dead, right. and does it really matter? Probably not. Oh man, it unless was you want to nerd out and know everything. Well, I kind of do because I do that. That list was so good, by the way. I need to come. I need. I need to sit down and do. Well, that. yeah. If you you I sit down and do it, and we may we may have to compare notes. I got high school football coming up in a couple of weeks, so if I'm going to do it, I got to do it. Well, fast. during those games, we'll have plenty of time to think about other. Hey. Good to be back talking sports. That is the intentional foul for uh, this week. Um, maybe we'll take a couple weeks. Maybe we'll go back to next week. Hall of Fame games on Thursday, and college football is uh, just a couple of weeks away. I think it uh, kicks off. It's not Labor Day weekend. It's it's the weekend right before that. Um, so, I mean, we're coming up here pretty quick. So, uh, that's what we got for today. Thank you for listening, downloading, uh, subscribing. And as always, tell somebody about us. We would appreciate it. Hell yeah. Uh, Until next time, I'm Josh. I'm Dan. And we will talk to you down the line. Go Brewers!